be the quarterback has now been addressed emphatically. But not the question of who's going to be the quarterback in 2022. So what the heck? Let's go at that one. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates. All the drama that surrounds the quarterback position, multiply that times about a billion whenever your existing franchise quarterback is in their late 30s, has for several years already floated the idea of retiring. Oh, and then mix into it a draft, and you'll get all of the volatile stuff that ended up spitting out from all different directions before the Steelers made their first pick last Thursday and took Najee Harris. No move up, no Justin Fields, nothing crazy, no reviewing the the in-house sound from Ohio State as to what Mike Tomlin was saying to Fields at his pro day off the field and everything else. This was the kind of thing you come to expect, but then I didn't even mention you know, the Aaron Rodgers factor comes in, and, and if Aaron Rodgers could be demanding out of Green Bay and the Packers could be discussing a trade with the Niners and Jimmy Garoppolo's involved, then it, everything kind of goes unhinged, and you feel like anything can happen. None of this, none of this mattered in the slightest. As I've been telling you for a while, and as I repeated really, really firmly last week before the draft, after meeting with Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin, they had their quarterback room set. To me, the giveaway wasn't the discussions regarding Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph, or Josh Dobbs. It was when Tomlin began speaking passionately about Dwayne Haskins and why he's here, and why the Steelers feel they've already got somebody who's a contender with the ceiling that he's got, first-round pedigree of his own. They had their room. They knew who they wanted, and they got them, and they went into the draft knowing that. Now, had Fields begun falling, which didn't seem out of the question, maybe we'd be having an entirely different discussion today but he didn't and we don't they have their quarterbacks oh another thing i didn't mention just this little thing they signed mason rudolph to a one-year extension the day of the first round well (laughs) way to help keep those flames down that's not gonna raise any eyebrows again it, it shouldn't have It shouldn't have. That just happens to be, I'm sure, when they got it done. But I'll still take the Rudolph contract, that extension for one year, and suggest that it's a sign of what's to come for 2022. I believe that Mason is going to be the quarterback, the starting quarterback of the Steelers in 2022. Unless 
unless one thing happens, and that would be that Ben gets hurt, like a significant injury, like what happened in 2019. And Mason goes in there and starts and just does not do well. But if things stay status quo, meaning Ben plays most or all the games, Mason is used in whatever, mop-up roles, or maybe he has to play a game or two here or there if Ben is out. That I would consider to be status quo. Then Mason's going to be the guy in 2022. That doesn't mean the Steelers won't have their eyes open and wouldn't be inclined to go and get somebody. Let's take the Fields example again. I was joking about it, but that Ohio State Pro Day thing got a lot of attention. And maybe it should have. I have heard that the Steelers really liked Fields. And that's, you know, normal. I'll bet they really liked Trevor Lawrence, too. (laughs) Doesn't mean they were going to get him. But I could see and feel that the Steelers are kind of sniffing around a little bit more at that position than they had in the past. You never even heard the word quarterback as it related to the Steelers and the draft for more than a decade. It never even came up. Heck, the year they took Mason, it was just jarring that they they took a quarterback, never mind one. You know, in the third round like that, they could come in and be a, a a threat. And that was the year you'll remember that everybody was expecting that the Steelers would be doing anything and everything to replace Ryan Shazier. And they really didn't do that. And they get a quarterback, and even Ben made the public comments about it on the radio, disparaging it. And even then, it seemed wild that they'd consider it, but not anymore. Not anymore. Now it comes up. Now it comes up. Now Dwayne Haskins comes from Washington. And even though he's not that far removed from being a first-rounder himself, he comes in and it's just seen as kind of normal. Yeah, there is going to be life after Ben. When, we don't know. But I have a feeling it's going to be 2022. Way too much happened already this offseason that required the owner getting involved, the GM and the head coach, and placing calls to Ben, and we like you, Ben. We can't pay you this much, Ben. You're going to have to take a pay cut, Ben. Ben keeps coming back with, I want to play, I want to play. And, you know, at some point someone's going to kind of take the hint here. What kind of quarterback will Ben be this coming season? I have no idea. I do know that they're going to not just want, but expect him to manage the run game. Not occasionally, not on the first down, not just as a distraction from the passing game. But when you hear football people referring to committing to the running game, Art Rooney used that term himself, that we we need to get better at the running game and we need to commit to it. When you're talking about a veteran quarterback managing an RPO offense, he's the one that has to choose the R. 
He has to do it. Doesn't matter what's called in from the sideline in that setting. He's the one that has to do it. So Ben's going to have to become a guy who gets used to managing Najee Harris in that running game and the zone blocking. He doesn't have to do it, obviously, but he has to manage the, the running offense within this new zone blocking scheme and all the moving parts around him. Oh, and another thing. He's got to get back to throwing downfield, something he hasn't done consistently since 2019, which was a long time ago. He's got the weapons. He's got the wide receivers. I'd like to think he'll have blockers who, even if they're not as experienced, will be more energized, maybe, dare I say, more committed. There won't be any excuses. Now, if he does great, he goes to management and says, hey, you know, this was fun. This is great being around all these kids. I really enjoyed my year with these wide receivers. I'm ready for another one. That's a nice discussion. Everyone can agree that that's a welcome thing. I don't know that I see, I just don't know that I see that happening, you know? And then sitting here trying to envision how it will play out, I could also see a situation where the Steelers went to Mason Rudolph and said, Mason, we want to offer you one year. Uh, We believe in you. We've had faith in you. We've put a lot of time and energy and love into making you a better quarterback. And we do want you to be the guy who takes over whenever it's time. But we also need you to hang around. And right now, all of our quarterbacks, including Ben, are on expiring contracts after 2021. And that's a really, really unsettling place for us to be. So let's figure out something here where we can get one more year in there. And then if everything goes your way, we'll talk. We'll talk. So they sit down, they get the contract done. And they have at least made sure that at the end of the coming season, not all of their quarterbacks walk out the door together like in an Uber rideshare. Okay, this way, this way, they know that at least one of them is hanging around, and it's the one who's most likely to be taking the snaps the following year. When we come back, just one question. for just one question and that's brought to you on this program always by Luxembourg Garbett Kelly and George personal injury law firm right here in western Pennsylvania that represents people who are hurt in car accidents who need help with workers comp who filed medical malpractice claims LGKG as they're known have been designated as super lawyers for over 15 years you know what a super lawyer is it's capital S capital L Super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of attorneys in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. That is rare air. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. You can learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 
5454. Today's question comes from Keith, who says, To me, it seems that Steelers fans are remembering Marquise Pouncey as he used to be, and Alejandro Villanueva as he was, and David DeCastro as he was. And they weren't those players last year, were they? Well, no, actually they weren't. And I'm I'm glad you bring that up. I, I could do that across the whole line. And look, I don't want to keep piling on these guys. The running backs were lousy. James Conner was lousy. Benny Snell was really lousy. And Anthony McFarland didn't get enough snaps for us to really consider him in one direction or the other. Eric Ebron refused to block at tight end. The offense was unimaginative. The routes were completely uninspired, meaning for the wide receivers, and the quarterback didn't want to throw past the distance of his nose. So there was all kinds of bad going on, especially over the final five, six games. It's not all on the offensive line. But were they what they could have been? Were they living up to their names? Were they, uh, boy, were they worth the postseason recognition that they got? You know, still? That was that's done on names, man. It just is. That's just how it is at that position. No one's keeping stats for those guys who's doing the voting. They just look at the list of centers and they say, "Here's Marquise Pouncey." I know that guy. He's good. He's got my vote. This this DeCastro guy I know about him as well. Villanueva is another one we know about. That's a great story, Villanueva. Yeah, I'm gonna vote for him too. These guys. And again, I don't mean to be a jerk about this. They've earned it over the years. They've earned their accolades and everything else. They didn't in 2020. I'm glad somebody other than me is bringing this up, Keith. This idea that the Steelers, oh no, they've lost these guys, especially if you base that on pass protection. The fact that Ben did make it through the whole season, which again is a great and a, and a credit to everyone including the offensive lineman but there's also a reason Ben was getting rid of the football in 2.7 seconds because he's not a dummy he knew they were coming in on him he knew Carl Lawson in Cincinnati was completely eating Villanueva alive the fact that Lawson didn't claim Ben's life there isn't because Villanueva was great. It's because Ben knew this, and Ben was just getting rid of the ball. And the offense couldn't do anything that day. One of the worst offensive performances, maybe the worst offensive performance I've ever seen a Pittsburgh team put together that night in Cincinnati. And that started with those guys that you're reciting. The bar isn't set at what they used to be. The bar is set at where they were in 2020 and then higher, at least for our purposes. I'm sure that's not the bar internally. You can't convince me that Kevin Dotson won't be an upgrade over Matt Filer. You can't convince me that Chuk Sikorafor on left tackle won't be an upgrade over that version of Alejandro Villanueva. You can't convince me, for that matter, that Zach Banner won't be an upgrade over Chooks, considering Zach beat Chooks out in training camp last year. And I don't know about Kendrick Green, and I don't know what version of DeCastro we're going to get. But overall, already, we're talking about a 60% improvement in the offensive line. Maybe more. Maybe more. 
really, really good stuff, Keith. I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody listening. We'll do another one of these daily shots of Steelers tomorrow. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.